0: Hello and welcome to the Raw podcast brought to you by the Sunderland Echo. We're back for another preview podcast and today we're going to be looking ahead to Sunderland's championship match against Stoke City at the Bet365 Stadium. So to preview the game, joining myself, Joe Nicholson, we are joined by Pete Smith from Stoke Live. Pete, we've got plenty to talk about going into this game with Alex Neal coming up against his former club. But... It's one win in their last eight league games for Stoke. So what's the feeling like coming into this game against Sunderland? Yeah, thanks for for slipping that
1: in, Joe. We we tried to push that past the, the, the end of the as we went into the international break. Um I think it's coming to the time where Alex Neal knows that there's no other way around it. He needs he needs wins and he needs points. Um He's had a huge job at Stoke, rebuilding the club, rebuilding the squad. Um, but he's come to the crunch that no matter what challenges he faces now, he needs to make sure that he, he gets um, uh, yeah he gets wins on, wins on the board um, to relieve some of the pressure. At the moment, it can probably go either way. And you know how tight this division is. He can easily uh, win three games in a row. Um, they're all going to be tight games, um, more than likely. Uh, but you could equally lose them as well. and um, So this week, Stoke could shoot up the table or Alex Neal could be fielding some really difficult questions. It's um, yeah,
0: it's, It feels like a bit of a, a crossroads. Mm-hmm. Obviously a big weekend for Neil, and he was speaking to the press yesterday and he said that he knows he's going to get dogs abuse from the away fans, said he hopes he won't get abuse from both sets of supports, obviously with yeah. Stoke struggling. He's been there now over a year, finished 16th in the table last season and it's been a difficult start to this campaign so what is the feeling about Neil among the Stoke fan base well
1: it's funny isn't it I think the last time I was on this on this Joe we were talking about uh, Alex Neil who was, who was doing so well at Sunderland at the time mm. proved to be his, his final game it seems like uh, a lot has happened since then uh, as you say it's um uh there's been a lot of it for him to do. He's brought in 18 new players during the summer and uh, then he's been beset by injuries to a lot of key players. Just in the last uh, game against Leicester, Stoke without 10 players, probably eight of whom would have started. Um, And so that's come at a time when all these new players are settling down. And I think probably 95% of the fan base can can appreciate that there's, there's a lot of mitigation um about uh about the the form so far um and Neal himself yesterday was saying that he thinks that stoke would probably deserve to be three or four points better off than they are and he said although that wouldn't be a great start um that would be you'd have a bit more breathing space and um but they're not so the, so the, the 21st going into tomorrow um and I, the, the fans will will certainly get behind stoke tomorrow they'll, they'll be they'll be really up for it from the off uh, and if Stoke play with a lot of heart, um, then they'll back them all the way. And I think sometimes even even in the, if the game goes against you, like you did the last home game a bit like Sunderland against Middlesbrough, mm-hmm. they had a stinking referee. And uh, although Stoke were losing, the fans stayed with them until the end. Whereas if they go an early goal behind and, and you're questioning characters, and then the stadium could be a nasty place to 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 play or a difficult place to play
0: um
1: it's yeah it's really on a precipice uh, but it's a massive game huge opportunity for stoke alex neil will be well up for it uh, it'll be really fired up they'll be getting the players fired up the fans fired up um and but they've got they've got to make it work
0: mm-hmm. you mentioned the injuries there a lot of them sunland have had a lot of injuries as well at the start of this season neil said yesterday that he expects a few players could be back. One of them being perhaps Lyndon Gooch, who's a player that obviously moved from Sunderland to Stoke on on deadline day. So what did Neil say about injuries and what's the latest situation there?
1: Yeah, well, well, Gooch in particular, he had uh, like a minor hamstring problem. So Mm -hmm. he missed a couple of matches um, just before the international break, but he'll he'll come back in. uh, As you can probably guess, he's been filling in wherever he's been needed. Um, and he's only a few weeks at Stoke, he's played at right-back and left-back and right-wing-back and he's had a run out on the right-wing as well as games have gone on. Um, but I'm not sure where we're all featured tomorrow because uh, all of a sudden there's a flood of players coming back and they've got uh, Ender Stevens, who um, they're, they're just checking today, uh, who has missed the last month. they will be a key player at left-back. Uh, the big two, really, are Andre Vidigal and Ryan Mai. Uh, uh, summer signings. Vidigal uh, looks like a really good player. Uh, a forward with the goal-scoring touch. He's, he's got a good nose for, for positioning. Um, and he looks a real real prospect. Uh, not many of us have heard about him before he came to Stoke. And hopefully we get to see him more than uh, that we did before he got injured last time. He only played, I think, it's five games he's played so far. Scored four goals. Um, but, yeah, uh, really exciting about him and ryan Mai uh is more of a number nine um he's played about 176 minutes alex neil said yesterday uh he came from Ferrin chavros in hungary um and he's he's got a bit of an all-rounder um and yeah he needs to find his feet in the championship so it's a different Mm -hmm. uh style of football than he's been used to and I think it's it's demanding isn't it when you when you come from uh, a place which isn't quite as frenetic
0: As Sunderland fans will know, when Neil was at Sunderland, he tended to change his formation quite a lot depending on how the opposition set up. So, what sort of formation has he been playing at Stoke? I just sort of quick look at their their games. It looks like they have played with a back four and a back three. Yeah. Is he kind of does he just match up the opposition as he kind of tended to do at Sunderland? There was certainly a lot of that last season mm.
1: when he was playing with a squad that you could tell you could tell almost straight away he, he wasn't particularly enamoured with the squad. Um, and he, he thought his best chance was to, to match up the opposition every week. He's had to revert to doing that a bit over the last few weeks because of the injury problems. Um, but he's made the point consistently that when everybody's fit, he wants to have a consistent approach. And um, uh, instill it, it, it Stokes' tempo on the game and, and play on the front foot. Uh, I think that, that'll be the case over the next few weeks that... Whatever the opposition, whoever they are, uh, Stoke will have to play on the front foot, and um, I should imagine that'll probably be with a back four, uh, either a four-three-three three or a four-three-two-one, and they've, they've got they need a, a bit of a consistent selection so that players can can build partnerships. Um, we talked about Mai and Andre Vidigal, two other lads who, who were new signings in the summer. Uh, Said Aksabanovich, who came from Celtic, and, and Bae Jun Ho, who came from South Korea. They haven't played together yet, so they need time to bed in and and find out each other's games and and find top gear.
0: Mm -hmm. You say there that he'll want to get on the front foot. So how do you expect them to set up against Sunderland tomorrow? Obviously being at home as well, there'll be kind of an expectation for them to have more of the ball and get on the front foot. Is that how you see they'll go and they'll go and try and attack the game? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Uh, um well he's also come up against
1: turning Mowbray's sides a lot as well so it'll mm. be a, a clash of ideals i guess um uh, yeah so fans demand this um they uh, uh if uh if you have more than more than a couple of passes along the back line then there'll be groans uh so mm. it's got to be a really positive approach and that doesn't mean direct or, or or particularly direct or long ball but it's mean not messing around and, and uh playing quickly and being aggressive and getting in people's faces um, and uh, hopefully the players who are coming back to fitness will will allow alex neil to to go more with that
0: approach mm-hmm. it is interesting isn't it because going back to that game at the stadium of light when stoke won 5-1 sunderland actually mm-hmm. had more of the ball but stoke were able to hit Sunderland on the counter-attack and, and pose a yeah. lot of problems there one player that was particularly influential was was will smallbone who was on loan from southampton he's obviously not there Anymore, but who would you say now are the key Stoke players that Sunderland will have to keep an eye on and who will be important on Saturday? Well, that
1: was Will Sportberg's best game for Stoke by, by oh, quite a long way. You got a hat trick of assists. Yeah, I think we all came away thinking, well, what a player he's going to be. Uh, and he, he couldn't really sustain that consistently. And he's come back to Southampton this year, uh, playing in a slightly different role. Uh, he's doing all right. Um, yeah completely new team this year Vidigal is is the one to watch he's mm-hmm. um he, he can kind of play on the left or in the middle he can play on the right as well or as a number 10. um and it depends on on the makeup of, of Stokes attack around him really as to where he'll feature feature most or, or or find his best form um and we'll we'll get to figure that out I think over the next couple of months and where he's going to be at his best and his, his best alongside uh, he's, he's yeah, he's a really good player um, in midfield they've got um, you'll know Ben Pearson uh, of course, uh, they've also got Josh Lamont who's been around the championship for a while, very powerful when he's at his best can drive forward with the ball and uh, Wouter Berger who's come from uh, Basel in Switzerland he's a Holland under 21s player he's really calm on the ball, can pick a pass and he needs to run the games too he's only 22 um, he, he looks like a really good prospect and um, uh, Haksmanovic and, and John Ho Bay Bay John Ho can can change games too, um, and so need to find a clinical edge to chances that they've been creating. Um, that will be the the challenge
0: over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Stoke have also made a signing over the international break on a on a mm-hmm. free transfer. They brought in former Newcastle defender Kieran Clark. You've mentioned Stoke have had their injury problems at the back. So do you expect him to come into the team tomorrow? The, the the same probably not
1: he hadn't played uh, he, he, he's a free agent he left Newcastle in the mm-hmm. summer he'd um he'd been at Sheffield United last year um so he's a free agent since the summer but he also hadn't played much for Sheffield United since January um he got injured but then when he was fit, Sheffield United were obviously marching to promotion and he couldn't couldn't get back in although um Paul Heckingbottom kept praising his character and his influence in the changing room. So he's been training on his own a little bit or training with the with the uh, fitness staff over the fa- first couple of weeks just to get him back up to um, a, a place where he can uh, start to challenge, just take his claim for a spot. He's trained with the first team in the last couple of days. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the squad. I would be surprised if he started. Um, but Ben Wilmot, who was Stokes Player of the Year last season, is out until probably Christmas with a um, a nasty knee injury. He collided with a post um uh, a couple of weeks ago so stoke only had two fit center backs um unless they brought in kieran clark uh so so yeah that's why he's arrived and he's only on he's got a deal until the end of the season uh so he'll have to hit the ground running really to to show what he's about and, and uh, prove that he can be a valuable part of, of the team
0: mm-hmm. just looking at the championship table and you mentioned the lack of cutting edge that stoke had they've only scored 11 goals this mm-hmm. season in 11 games one of the lowest. In the division would you say that has been the main issue really you mentioned Vidigal I think he's the top scorer with with four and he's been out for yeah. quite a while with injury well yeah I mean it's a
1: massive problem but mm. probably outweighing that a little bit is, is that Stoke probably also need to score two to to get a point or win a game at the moment they've been conceding goals a bit too readily uh over the first few weeks of the season uh, not particularly in the style that you'd associate with Alex Neil teams that look vulnerable at set pieces in particular. Mm. Um, so that's something that you'll hope or will hope that he's been able to um, stamp out over the international break. He kept saying, Stoke had a run of seven games in the in the three weeks between the international breaks. And he just kept saying, there's no time to get on the training ground and hammer home the things that we need to hammer home. So hopefully he's had a couple of weeks now to to really get his messages, messages across. And players need to take responsibility as well. I mean, that's part of the reason that Kieran Clarke's come in with that experience and knowledge to to defend in, in situations like that in the championship. There's also Ender Stevens coming back, as we mentioned before, a thirty-three-year-old left back, um, played at a decent level, good player. And at, at right back, they've got um, there's a bit of competition with with Gooch and Kiana Hoover, who's on loan from Wolves, and uh, Junior Shamadu, who's come from Colchester. He's only nineteen. He's a, he's a big powerhouse um and injuries gave him his chance probably before he expected we've seen glimpses of, of what he can do he looks uh, he looks promising so hopefully it will all settle down and uh stoke will get better at both ends I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's the key as it, as it always is but um, yeah, yeah. they've they really highlighted it in the first 11 games
0: what would you say is the expectation at Stoke now obviously they've had this tricky start they've now got players coming back from injury what will fans think is possible this season
1: well at the moment nobody wants to be looking over the shoulders too much but i would mm. say that Stoke have got different ambitions to the, to the teams who are also down there if you look at the teams below them rather than qpr mm. and sheffield wednesday i mean their ambition is to stay up and um that is not stoke's ambition stoke's ambition is to to pull themselves right up the table and if they can't comp- challenge if they can't sustain a challenge for the top six this season they've got to give everybody enough hope that this they're going in the right direction to do it next season. Mm. um uh, that, that's what Alex Neil was brought in to do to to, to build a squad that can get them challenging uh, for, to get back into the premier league as soon as possible. i think everybody appreciated that it's not wasn't going to happen overnight. they've had five seasons in the uh, bottom half of the championship and I, I actually spoke to
0: um
1: Alex Neil's predecessor Michael O'Neill, about this. he was saying it would have been easier in um in some circumstance in some some regard for them to have been relegated like Sunderland and almost have a, a clean sweep of, of players who weren't good enough to be at Stoke but instead they had to they stayed up they'd really well to stay up when he went back first took charge but then it took, it took a long time to get rid of uh long contracts expensive contracts um for, for players who weren't good enough to to propel Stoke up the table so it's been a, a, a long slog um and, and yeah, this season, it's all about making sure that they're going in the right direction.
0: Mm-hmm. Just looking ahead to Saturday's game and finally, have you seen much of Sunderland this season? And how do you think Stoke will match up against them?
1: Well, I mean, this is the Sunderland team that, that we're beginning to, to know quite well because the, the core of it is, is the same as it's been for the last two or three years, right? And the best player is Jack Clark, who we, who we know quite mm-hmm. well because he's on loan at Stoke um, yeah. two and a half years ago. Um, I don't think I think it was actually the COVID year, so it was behind closed doors. But we saw glimpses of Clark to think that there was a really good player in there and you know, he right. had a good knack for winning free kicks and penalties. Um, but to see how well he's, he's done and how well he's doing has probably surprised us a little bit. Um, fair play to him, he's, he's having a great time. And we know they've got players who can hurt any team. Um, it'll be interesting to see who's fit. Uh, fingers crossed that. Um, a few, a few of them aren't, um, and Dan Neal will be a big miss. Yeah. Um, and Stoke have always had fun against Tony Mowbray. Tony uh, against Tony Mowbray sides. He doesn't particularly relish a trip to Stoke. Right. It's a class of cultures, and um, uh, everybody will be hoping he has a long, miserable, wet journey back to the northeast.
0: Mm-hmm. Off the top of your head, what is Mowbray's record like against Stoke or against Alex Neal's side? Obviously, the last season with the five-one.
1: Yeah. it's... It, it
0: doesn't hold up too
1: well right um when he was at west brom as uh, tony purist was at stoke and the, and the um uh that was a that was a real uh clash of, of personalities uh and Mowbray <laughs> seems to have a, a bit between his teeth <laughs> since those mm-hmm. days um probably because results have, have also um uh, meant that he's had a, a difficult afternoon when he's come to stoke as well uh, but yeah but I, i'll i'll check check the record out I don't want to jinx anything before mm. before the game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, off the top of my head, it's not, it's not too hot.
0: Oh, great. Well, just before we finish, Pete, we usually finish by asking our guests, just for a quick score prediction, how do you think the game is going to go between Stoke and Sunderland? Well,
1: I don't think it'll be nil Um And I think it'll be tight. I don't think it'll mm. be another 5-1. Um, uh, so the first goal will be crucial. Uh, and I'm 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 putting off making this prediction, Joe, to uh, to give myself time to think. Um, I'll go for a two-one Stoke win. Uh, it'll be a massive result if Stoke uh, can win, mm-hmm. um, or, or Sunderland can go what twelve points clear of Stoke, which mm-hmm. is, uh, looks a long way in the, in the distance. Uh, so yeah, massive game for Stoke.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's quite a hard one to predict because with both sides, there's quite a lot of injury doubts. You mentioned obviously the Stoke players are potentially coming back, Sunderland. We're still not quite sure if people like Pritchard, Equa, Ballard, there's kind of question marks over all of those players. Um, so it's difficult to predict. I, I'll go for a, a one-all draw, just because you mentioned that record with with Mowbray against Stoke and, and Neil's side. I was going to go for a Sunderland win, but um, I think away from home, Neil will, will set up his team to be difficult. And he was saying yesterday as well, wasn't he? He knows what Sunderland are all about, a lot of the players he worked with there. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how the two sides do match up, especially with Stoke being at home this time as we've said before, maybe more expectation for them to to attack. So um, we'll see how it goes uh, on Saturday. Pete, thanks a lot for joining me on the latest episode of the Raw podcast. And you can find more build-up to Saturday's match over on the SAFC section of the Sunderland Echo website. You can find the thoughts of Sunderland head coach Tony Mowbray. We'll also have live updates and analysis from the Bet365 Stadium as Sunderland take on Stoke as well as post-match reaction and analysis over the course of the weekend. So once again, thanks a lot so much for listening to the Raw podcast.